In this episode, my guest is Ahmed Khalifa. We talk about building WordPress websites and driving traffic to your business. Welcome to episode 125 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now, here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I hope you're having a great week and business is going really well for you. Thanks, as ever, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate it. Well, a combination of holidays, illness, bad luck, and sheer incompetence on my part meant my scheduled interview for this week never happened. So I'm grateful to Ahmed Khalifa for stepping in at the last minute. In this interview, we chat about the difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org and which small businesses should choose, what to look for when choosing a high quality host for your website, how focusing on a niche can build an audience quicker than broad targeting, and consistency and the importance of playing a long game to build an audience. Ahmed lives in Edinburgh and runs a company called Ignite Rock. He helps freelancers, entrepreneurs, and small businesses to grow and become more visible online, attract more customers, and maximize the potential of their WordPress websites by providing tailored and expert advice on digital marketing, content marketing, analytics, and conversion. With over eight years' experience in the online industry, he's covered all things digital marketing, but particularly specialises in search engine optimization. So let's get straight into that interview with Ahmed, right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Ahmed, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Roger. Really good to be here. Ahmed, where are we Skyping each other from today? Well, today it's uh, Edinburgh, and I believe we're not too far away from each other, but we're still using technology anyway. That's what I love about podcasting. One day I can be talking to somebody all the way over in Los Angeles. Another day it could be somebody in London. And of course, today you're probably within about five miles of where I'm sitting at this moment. But still, we're looking at each other over a Skype call. What we're going to do today, Ahmed, we're going to talk about helping small businesses, and, and it could be any sort of businesses, help to grow the traffic that they get to their websites. But before we we get into that, Ahmed, give everybody who's listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself. What makes you tick? Well, um, my background is uh, quite a mix of different things. So really, it focuses around digital marketing, um, but primarily around the SEO and content and Google Analytics, uh, these kind of things. And really, I've, I've been working full time for the past eight years or so doing that and uh, during that time i've also become very very passionate about uh, wordpress as well and becoming part of your community quite heavily and uh, just to clarify when i say wordpress i mean the self-hosted version of wordpress.org instead of wordpress.com um, really really uh, make me quite excited when we talk about wordpress as well so combining the two together in terms of you know digital marketing growing your online visibility with your WordPress site, it kind of really got me excited and really something that I focus a lot heavily nowadays. So uh, I guess that's what really is making me tick right now. 
And I, and it's probably worth just um, focusing in on that for a moment, because some people listening to the podcast today probably don't know what WordPress.org is, as opposed to WordPress.com. Now, I have my website hosted on WordPress.org, and what that allows me to do, and anybody who uses WordPress.org, can have their own URL that they've bought. So rogeredwards.co.uk is the URL that somebody would type in to come to my website, but of course, it's WordPress.org, which is the um, the content management system that sits behind it. If you have a WordPress.com site, you can't have your own URLs. That's right, isn't it? It's true. I mean, there are um, like a paid service if you want to have a custom domain. And I can't remember how much it costs, uh, but there is like a, a yearly um, pe- uh, service that you pay if mm-hmm. you want that custom domain. If you don't pay for that, then really what you're going to have is, you know, example.wordpress.com. So it's quite a, a longer version of um, what you normally see on a website. It's useful. I mean, it helps you to kind of get into it if you want to get started with a quick website, get into the habit of blogging or creating content. WordPress.com is quite useful. And uh, the benefit of that is it's kind of really looked after by automatic and automatic is the company that kind of runs uh, wordpress and owns these kind of you know the uh, cms and all these things and automatic looks after the security side and you know look after the making sure that you have the right quality of themes and plugins and um, it's useful if you just want to get a general overview you have a a few plugins to focus on theme to focus on high quality and that's it but on the other hand the, the the disadvantage is that you don't necessarily own that website and you don't necessarily have as much flexibility and room to grow compared to WordPress.org. So uh, the majority of the website you see uh, online right now, over over 25% of the World Wide Web is powered by WordPress of some sort. And a big chunk of them would be, you know, a different kind of um, CMS really in terms of WordPress.org, .com and other software. So if you have WordPress.org, This is where you own it, you get your hosting, you get your domain, but it's yours. You can grow it to such a scale. But of course, that comes with uh, much more responsibility in terms of running it, making sure you have backup, making sure you have security all set up, making sure that it's all done to the way you want it. So more responsibility, but I think it's a lot more advantage that comes with uh, WordPress.org. Yeah, and I think if you're running your own business, you want your domain name to be as close to your brand name as possible. So in my case, rogeredwards.co.uk, it doesn't feel as quality for it to have been rogeredwards.wordpress.com. I feel that that, for a business, doesn't sound right. That's why I definitely wanted to go straight for the WordPress.org solution. And like a lot of people, I'm self-taught. Ahmed, I, I, I built the website myself. I bought the themes. I've learned how to use the, the plugins. I've learned how to do SEO. I've learned all the keyword tricks and things like that. But of course, a lot of people haven't got the time to invest. So what, what do you do to help people put together WordPress websites for their businesses? It depends where they are right today. If you are on WordPress.com and then you want to grow, then I would suggest to kind of convert and you know, move to WordPress.org so that you can get that foundation set. Big part of it is, of course, you know, the the blog part of the of the website. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always encourage almost every website to have a blog. And of course, if you're going to have a blog, you may as well use it, you may as well update it uh, frequently and instead of, you know, update it once every six months or whatever. So what I always do in terms of setting up is making sure that you have 
a well-built theme. It's easy to buy a random theme on the web. You know, you can pay £10. You can maybe not pay at all. And um, you have to make sure that they are well-built. They are updated regularly by developers. They are just, you know, really well-structured because that kind of plays a huge part into making sure that, you know, you have that foundation set in terms of SEO, the security, and, you know, all these well-built uh, codes and stuff like that. Having, having a well-built theme, is really important and once you have that once you have the right theme of course pay for a good hosting and when i say good hosting i mean don't pay for hosting which costs a few pounds per year or a few pounds per month or whatever it is a good quality hosting can make a big difference because especially managed wordpress hosting and these kind of hosting you know they are the ones that understand everything about wordpress they tend to have backups available they tend to have ssl which is having a secure HTTPS, um, they tend to have better security. And uh, if you're going to pay for, you know, a few pounds a month for hosting, you have to question whether you get any of these features. You have to question whether you're going to get support when you need it. And you have to question who are you sharing that hosting with in terms of other website around you and that server. So having good theme and good hosting is absolutely essential in the very, very beginning stage. Some interesting points to um, pick up on there, Ahmed. Um, I agree with you. The host is very important. And, and, and like you suggested, the host that I use is a company called Crystal. Um, and they have extremely good security. They have an extremely good 24-hour help service. And they have the secure HTTPS service that you mentioned there before. And you know what? I procrastinated for so long moving my website from a unsecure HTTP style website to the secure version. And I, I procrastinated because I thought it was going to be difficult. I thought I've had thousands of pages to check, thousands of files to check. And I got in touch with Crystal and they basically sent me an, a document, which was only about a, a, a two pages of A4. And it said, you just go through these stages one two three four five and they took me through it and then there was a person on the chat box helping me through it and in the end it actually only took me um about an hour and a half and i was completely secure and i'd waited probably for far too long to actually do that um so i, I think you're right if you choose the right host they're going to help you with all those technical things that somebody like me who's self-taught needs yeah i i totally agree with um with that in terms of support, you never know when you need them. I use um, a host uh, provider called uh, WP Engine, mm -hmm. and uh, they're, they're well known in uh, WordPress um, arena, and they're well known for being you know really good quality stuff, but they're not the cheapest. Mm. But you get what you pay for. I mean, I, I think, I, I can't remember the cost. I think it's like $29 mm -hmm. um, per month. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously not the cheapest, but what you get with it, you know, you get what you pay for in terms of the quality of the service, the quality of the product itself. And uh, there have been time where I needed the help with something which way out of my depth in terms of technical expertise. And I was in a chat box with them for literally hours and hours, mm -hmm. go back and forth about trying to fix something. And they were so patient. They were really, really good in terms of just being with you in a chat box, suggesting this, this and that. Even they did their own thing. And if you, you know, if you have a, a low quality hosting, you know, you're not going to get that level of service. And then you may end up having to pay hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of pounds for someone to fix that problem for you. Yeah. So it makes a big difference when you have a really high quality customer service to guide you along the way. And thankfully, um, people like WP Engine or any other well-known hosting providers that can really make a, your life so much easier when it comes to managing your website. So let's assume that people who are listening to the podcast today who are running small business, businesses in whatever industry it might be, although 
quite a lot of people who listen to this podcast are in financial services. So they've got a a website. It's possibly hosted on wordpress.org, but not necessarily. And they've got a good quality host backing them up. Your specialism, Ahmed, is in helping people to grow the amount of traffic that they get to these websites. So let's delve into that a little bit now. What what are your tips for businesses to increase the traffic to their website? Well, there's a couple of things that I would probably uh, focus on. One of them is making sure you know exactly what you're talking about. And when you know, see if you can niche yourself. Mm-hmm. There's so many topics out there that are so broad and people are trying to kind of get into that broad generic uh, market and create content around that. So for example, you might want to create a website or you have a website which focuses on you know latest deals and uh, how to save money in general. But we both know that there's so many websites out there that does that. And, you know, off the top of my head, one well-known one is Money Saving Expert. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's such a kind of a behemoth of a website that it's going to be very, very difficult to kind of beat them up a person. So if you can niche yourself and really, really niche yourself into a specific field, and even a simple example like, you know, be a financial advisor or money-saving expert for, you know, parents with young children, mm-hmm. for example. You know, that's a that's a, a market that could be really, you know, people are really looking for that kind of advice, not necessarily someone looking for advice about, you know, how, where can I, how can I buy a car? in general. Maybe you want to find someone who can help you with, you know, working to buy a car at a good price for my family with two children and so on and so forth. It makes such a difference when if you can niche yourself, you know, and focus on that target market. You know, one example uh, I can use is in the WordPress industry is the WordPress themes. There's so many target market for the themes. So you can get the generic one, which is a WordPress theme for bloggers. You can get even more niche and focus on photographers or even restaurant owners. And you can even get even more niche. And it's incredible the kind of niche market you can focus on with WordPress themes. I've even seen one that focuses on chicken owners. <laughs> and you think about what a chicken owner themes, you know, for WordPress and it, it exists and it's just a bizarre thing, but it must work. So what that's how I would say one area would be is to niche yourself to know that who you're talking to and who you're talking market and what kind of voice you want to portray. Once you have that, then the next step obviously is creating that kind of content which resonates with your target audience. And one of the easiest ways to do that is just go to Google and I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening uses Google. Go to Google and type in the question. Start off with what is or what, you know, how can I or how do you and just fill in that gap which could, you know, be a keyword for your specific market. Once you fill in that gap, then you look at the drop down and you've got a list of questions that people are asking about, which you may be able to answer using high quality content. And people are desperately seeking answers for. So you could maybe step in, create that content, and maybe one day, if you get the uh, all the content right and everything that goes around it, people will find your website when they're looking for an answer about a particular problem. It's a pr- it's probably a feature of the financial services industry. And of course, I've worked in big companies and small companies in the financial services industry. And sometimes I don't think people are specific enough as to the people that they want to do business with. So their strategies will always, always be, as you say, quite generic. So they'll say, oh, I want to help people with mortgages or I want to help people with their investments or I want to help people with their pensions. But when you're building a website and you want to drive traffic to that website, the more specific you are, the more likelihood is, as you say, you're going to beat 
the more generic um, money savings experts or money money supermarkets out there by being specific. So if somebody goes along to Google and just types in the word, I want help with my pensions, they're likely to get these big companies like Money Savings Expert and, and, and some of the bigger financial services companies. But if they went and typed into Google, how can I get mortgage advice for a couple in their 20s in Hartlepool, then if somebody has got content relating to that specific question and they're operating in that city, Hartlepool, then they're going to be one of the biggest hits for that search term. And that's really what you're saying, isn't it? It's be specific, create that niche for yourself and then create the content around that niche so that you show up in search when people are looking. Definitely. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid to uh, niche yourself like that. I think a lot of people are worried that, you know, by being broad, you have you know, a bigger um, kind of audience to reach. But really, if you've been broad too broad and there's a huge market, you might get lost in that so many number of voices there that could beat you. But if you look at, you know, a smaller target market, you may be able to kind of be the main, you know, main point of contact for that specific topic. And if you can be the person, the go-to person for, you know, a couple who are, you know, a young family in Hartlepool, if you can be that go-to person for that, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's a really powerful combination to have in your business. And, uh, you know, it's one thing that people really strive for is to be the go-to person for a specific topic. So, you know, by niching yourself, you are more likely to kind of reach that target. Cool. So we've niched ourselves down, Ahmed. We're creating content specific to that niche. What other things can people do to increase the chance that they will show up in Google search. So I guess we're talking about SEO here, aren't we? Yes. And um, I mean, you know, primarily, you know, you should always focus on, you know, helping your user, helping your audience. And that is, you know, using your content, you know, if you're helping your audience, then it will kind of start the ball rolling. But then the other thing that you could do, and uh, one advice that I would uh, suggest is to look at what is being said on uh, the likes of Twitter, for example. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is something that I do myself is, um, you know, whether, whatever Twitter um, platform they use, for example, TweetDeck is what I use. Mm -hmm. If you have a TweetDeck and you have, a, you know, a specific topic that you're going to focus on, a specific hashtag you want to um, maybe target or even get involved in, create a list and create a column which focuses on a specific question, hashtag, topic, whatever it is, and see what is being said out there. And you never know when there are other people, such as even, you know, the PR or the journalists or the bloggers out there who want some help about a specific topic. You can kind of swoop in there and suggest, you know, I can help you with answering that question or I can help you suggest, you know, I can direct you to this piece of huge ebook that I've created that could help you or so on and so forth. If you look out for what is being said out there on social media and I think Twitter might be the easiest at the moment, but can you you can use the likes of Instagram as well, it's quite useful for that. You'll be able to jump in when someone's looking for help about a specific topic. And once you jump in there and you have the right content, you have the expertise, you have the knowledge, you'll be surprised about how people would appreciate, you know, someone coming in. And one of the most popular hashtag is called uh, journal request. And that is literally journalists looking for, requesting for information about a specific topic. Yeah, I think one of the things, I use that journal, journal request hashtag quite a lot. And one of the other things I like to do in Twitter search is to come up with a, a search term like, like we've, we've already mentioned the word pensions or investments. But if you actually put a question mark after 
the word that you're searching for, all you'll get back from Twitter is tweets that include that word, pensions, investment, whatever it is, that are formed as questions. And then that gives you a list of things that you could go away and create articles or videos or audio podcasts like this, i.e. content that answers those questions. And, and ultimately, if you put those onto your website, you've going to increase the chance of somebody coming along and seeing what you're all about. Yeah, it's, it's a very good point because uh, once you start using the uh, advanced filter, if you like, and uh, definitely a question mark is a very, very useful feature that I've used in the past and helping to either give me content ideas and create new content, or it made me realize I've, I've already answered that question and I have referred that person to the content that I've created. So it's very, very useful if you can kind of filter the Twitter feed um, for that. So Ahmed, what would be your next big tip for driving traffic to websites now that we've got the niche and now that we've got the uh, content in place? Well, I think one thing people that um, people underestimate is how long it can take to kind of see the momentum go and see that traffic go and see that conversion go and, you know, it could take time and you, you need to be patient, you need to be and be persistent at the same time. Too many times, it maybe it's an, an old thing that back in the, in the millennial, in 90, that kind of thing, where if you build it, there will come <laughs> mentality. People still believe in that. But the thing is, that just does not work anymore. And there are times where certain clients, or I've seen case studies, where people have been working with a client in terms of specifically around SEO. And, uh, you know, these are well-known people, and they started building and building and building, and they're starting to see that result a year later. Mm-hmm. possibly even longer than that but this is the thing is that people underestimate the length of time and the commitment and the you know the consistency that you need to keep going and you can you can do so much you know content in a short bit of time make sure you get that foundation on your website in terms of the hosting the theme the technical side of things on top of that you get involved with your community you get involved with the social media side of things get your brand out there get you you know helping other people in the community but if you focus on helping others if you focus on answering these questions over a long time then you should see the benefit of it in the long term it's a bit of a contradiction in the modern world that we have isn't it because the whole digital space and social media we've mentioned already and and the fact that people just want instant answers to everything so if you tweet something you expect a, resp- a response quite quickly if you send an email you expect it to be re- replied to quite quickly and that digital landscape almost conditions us to expect quick results but what you've said is absolutely spot on building a business building the content building the traffic does take time it is a long game as you've as you've explained and and I'm a case in point here I've been running this podcast now for just under three years. I'm coming up to episode 130, but it was episode 33 before I generated a piece of business as a direct result of doing the podcast. And it was, I think think it was episode 90 before I got what I would describe as a substantial five-figure piece of business as a result of the podcast. So you can't just go in there, post a few blogs, post a couple of podcasts, and suddenly expect everybody to come knocking on your door. You do have to have that long-term plan. And it does go against a little bit of the conditioning that, that the digital world brings 
us to expect that everything is going to happen really, really quickly. So I think that's really good advice, Ahmed. Thanks for that. Thinking about the wider marketing picture now, I always like to ask my guests on the podcast to tell me about a marketing campaign or a product or something that you've seen that's caught your attention recently that's made you sit up and think, wow, I really like how they've done that or how they've executed it. Have you got an example you'd like to share with the listeners of the podcast? I do. Yeah, there's one actually that kind of just popped into my mind right now. It's very, very recent. And um, it's the advert where Burger King has tried to kind of hijack Google Home. Mm-hmm. So um, for those who you know not aware of it, basically it's a very short Burger King advert where um, a staff is holding uh, one of these whopper and um, you know trying to say that I don't have a lot of time to explain to you about all the national goodness and whatever is in a burger. So basically what that person said is, okay, Google, what's inside the Whopper? Basically that advert is trying to get everyone Google Home to activate and start answering that question for you. So Burger can really, it's kind of, you know, using your technology at home mm-hmm. to answer that question for you. The concept, I think is brilliant. I think it's, it's so clever that, you know, they're trying to target those who have Google Home, assuming that you know, everyone is kind of using voice activation technology now more mm-hmm. and more and more. And now, you know, corporate companies are trying to take advantage of that and be quirky, be different, because that's something that, you know, you'd never, ever think a few years ago, even last year, probably, you'd never, ever think that an advert on TV could have an impact on a Google activated product or a voice activated product in your home. So I think it's really, really clever what they're trying to do. And this might, you know, be the start of something, you know, really, really interesting in terms of voice activated technology. And I also like to ask my guests about what they're reading. Um, Has there been a business book that you've read recently, Ahmed, again, that you've really enjoyed and has given you some really good tips? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. So uh, recently I finished a book called Hooked by Nir Eyal. Nir is N-I-R-E-Y-A-L, E-Y-A-L, I believe. So it's a very interesting book, um, Hooked. It's about creating habit-forming products and uh, ultimately, obviously, for good use. So basically, the author you know, has explained the process of uh, how you, know, you should look at targeting those who have a specific need, trigger their emotion, and kind of convincing them to use their products and make it a habit for them to use that product again, again, and again. You know, one of the examples that they mention is, you know, you can use, um, if you use an exercise or, you know, fitness kind of apps, you know, most of the time people use this app because there's a specific purpose and they have a specific need. And basically these apps are designed in a way to kind of help you with that target. And it kind of hooks you in. And kind of makes you depend on that if you have some kind of, you know, gamification models in order or some kind of step-by-step program that you have to follow, but you want to use the one provided by the app. And uh, it's a very, very interesting book to read. If you think about all the products that you use every single day, and I'm sure everyone, you know, use the likes of Google or Facebook or Instagram, it's a habit now for us every single day. And uh, it's no coincidence that, you know, companies have created these products in a way to make it a daily habit for you to use them. So um, it's a very, very good book, a really, really interesting book for anyone um, who wants to read about creating 
habit forming products. That's fantastic. Ahmed, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for your good advice on building WordPress websites, niching down, creating content, and then finding out the questions that people are asking so that you can create even better content over a long period of time to grow your business. Ahmed, I'm sure people are going to want to get in touch with you. So what is the best way that they should connect? My website, uh, my business website anyway, is the igniterock.com. But if you want to connect with me on uh, social media, you will find me on uh, the likes of Instagram and Twitter. And uh, the handle is I am Ahmed Khalifa. And uh, you should find me there. If you have any question, feel free to ask. Fantastic. Ignite rock i love that name that is so good i love that thanks for coming on the show ahmed it's been a pleasure to talk to you and i didn't realize until we started our conversation earlier that you actually live in edinburgh so there's absolutely no excuse for us not to meet for a coffee in the near future absolutely i would love that myself roger and uh, it's been great chatting to you so uh, thanks for the invite thanks for listening to the marketing and finance podcast Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.